Have you ever noticed that just about everywhere you turn, it looks like there's somebody telling you what to do with your life, telling you what you need to focus on, what's most important, whether you are turning on the television or reading the newspaper or flipping through a magazine or surfing the internet or scrolling through social media? Everywhere you look, somebody has some bit of advice telling you how you should spend your time, how you should spend your money, what you should eat, what you should drink, what you should think. Every salesperson thinks that their product is a financial priority for you. Every politician thinks that their issues should be your issues. Everywhere you look, everybody thinks that that they can tell you what's the most important thing to do with your time, your money, your resources, your family, your relationships. Uh, One book will tell you to do this. Another book will tell you to do the opposite. Um, There's just all sorts of competing ideas and opinions over over how you should spend your life and your time and your money. Um, and it can be overwhelming at times to really, to really step back and, and ask ourselves and remember what it is that matters most in life. Uh, even in church, it can be that way, right? Depending on the church tradition you grew up in. Uh, you have one church tradition that says that, you know, you should do A, B, and C and avoid X, Y, and Z. And then you go to another church and they say that you should really focus on X, Y, and Z. And A, B, and C are really, really uh, optional. And so even within the church world, there's lots of different competing ideas about what's most important and, and what you should focus on and what a right relationship with God looks like. And so uh, in this in this world and this sea of competing ideas, it, it can be difficult sometimes to really understand and to know what matters most. So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about that. We're going to really try to step back and we're going to look at the words and the teachings of Jesus and, and we're going to look at some interactions that he had with different people and groups of people where he, he sort of helps to redirect them from areas that they thought things were really important. Jesus says, well, you know what? Let's shift our focus a little bit. Let's really focus on on some things. And so in the next few weeks, we're going to see, according to Jesus, what matters most. Now, why are we going to look at what Jesus has to say about what matters most? Why not look at what anybody else has to say about what matters most? Well, as I've told you before, if if somebody can predict their own death and resurrection, well, we sort of go with whatever they say, right? So we believe that because Jesus lived, because he died, because he was raised from the dead, like we talked about, that, uh, you know, he, that vindicated him as Lord of the earth, as the Messiah, as, as the one that we follow. If you consider yourself a Christian, that means you are a Christ follower. That's, that's the reason we're doing the whole Follow Me series to begin with, because we want to know what it means to follow Jesus. So w- when it comes to what matters most, we don't care as much what the president says. We don't care as much what the latest science says. We don't care as much what you know, anybody else says. When it comes to what matters most, what we want to care about is what Jesus says. So we're going we're gonna to look at some, some stories over the next few weeks, and we're going to see what Jesus says matters most in different areas of life. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. We're going to look at verses 37 through 42 today. Uh, we're going we're gonna to follow Jesus into an interaction that he has with a, a religious leader in his day, one of the Pharisees, and we're going we're gonna to see what Jesus has to say about what matters most in the context of uh, our religious service, in our relationship with God, um, in, in our religion. So here's how it starts out. Luke tells us, when Jesus had finished speaking, he just got done giving a speech. When he had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at table. 
Now, we've talked about the Pharisees before. The Pharisees were the religious leaders of the day. They were the ones who had studied Scripture. Uh, They were the ones who sort of understood or were supposed to have understood what the law was. And the Pharisees were really concerned about proper religious conduct. The Pharisees knew because they, you know, they had their scriptures. What we call the Old Testament was their Bible. Uh, they, they studied their scriptures and they saw that one of the things that was important to God was adherence to the law, the law that Moses had given uh, the Jews. And so they were, they were really concerned about strict adherence to the law because as they read through their scriptures, they saw that when, when God's people stopped obeying the law, then bad things started to happen. And so one of the things that they were trying to do was to, was to bring back adherence to the law. And one of the ways that they tried to do that was they, they tried to make things so strict, they, they built what they called a fence around the scriptures, a fence around the scriptures through, through their tradition. They had these traditions, and, and the idea sort of was that if you, if you followed the tradition, which was in, in many cases more strict than the law, then you were keeping yourself safe from actually breaking the law. They, they built some margin in around the law. So they would, you know, if, if the law's line was here, they would draw a line over here saying, well, if, if you keep this law, then, then you're, you're definitely not going to cross this law. Uh, sort of like we have guardrails on roads, right? The, the guardrails aren't right on the edge of the road. The guardrails are a little bit in from the edge so that the, it keeps you from going over the edge. Well, that, this is what the Pharisees did uh, with their traditions. And uh, I th- when it started out, their heart was probably in the right place. Right? As, as we read through the scriptures, we sort of, uh, the, the Pharisees are sort of portrayed as the bad guys, um, but at least for some of them, their heart was probably in the right place. They were concerned about keeping the law of God because they thought, you know, as they read their scriptures, it seemed to be important. What we see, though, is that they ended up missing the point. They, they ended up, uh, Jesus comes uh, in contact with them time and time again. They sort, of, they sort of butt heads time and time again because the Pharisees, while they're trying to keep the law, they're sort of missing the point. Right? Their, their, their adherence to the law sort of turns into legalism, and, and over and over again they sort of miss the point. And that's what we're going to see Jesus address here. So he's, he's having dinner with one of these Pharisees, right? one of these religious leaders who's, who's very zealous about keeping the law of Moses. And one of the things that I love about this, this is just sort of a side point, uh, but we've seen so far how Jesus w- regularly had, he shared meals with, with the tax collectors and the sinners, right? With the outsiders, all of the people that society ignored, and he would spend time with them, and that kind of got him in trouble. But one of the things that I love is that here he was invited by a religious leader to have dinner, and he went there too. Jesus didn't discriminate who he would spend his time with, right? He would spend his time with the people on the outside, and he would spend his time with the people who, who thought they had it all together. It's not like Jesus wrote off any particular group as being... Um, beyond his help. So Jesus would spend time with the tax collectors and sinners, and then he would spend time with the religious leaders and the Pharisees. And with each group, he would sort of teach and correct and show them the the proper way. Um, So I just, you know, I personally, I like that Jesus was willing to to go out there and invest himself and spend his time with, with any group of people. He didn't say any group of people was totally off limits. He was willing to share and to love and to teach anybody who was willing to have him. So he went in and he reclined at table. That's, you know, that phrase, when they would eat, they would, in case you didn't know this, a lot of times they would eat sort of laying down. They would lay on one side, their tables were low, they didn't have chairs like we do, so they're sort of laying on the ground um, eating their food. So Luke goes on in the rest of the story, and this is what he says. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. Uh, so... 
again, here's, here's some culture we have to understand in order to understand this passage. Uh, it, one of the things that, the, that was very important to the Pharisees in that day was what we call ritual purification or ritual cleanliness. Um, so one of the things they would do, even if, if, uh, if a dish was clean... Um, they would ceremoniously, ceremonially wash the dish. And it was to demonstrate, you know, they, it was to sh- sort of show off how clean and how pure and how pious they were. So whether or not the, the dish was actually physically dirty didn't matter. They would, they would wash it just to demonstrate their ritual purity. Um, it was, and in a lot of cases, it ended up being for show, right? They would, they would make a, you know, to, to, to demonstrate that they were not polluted by the rest of the sinners. They would make a, they would make a big show of like washing their hands and, and washing their dishes and making sure that they were clean and holy and pure. And um, it had gotten to the point where it was sort of out of control. It was kind of ridiculous. It wasn't just, you know, so it's not like Jesus had dirty hands and he ate with dirty hands. So kids, this is not, you know, you can't use this as an excuse to not wash your hands before dinner, okay? That's not what this is. Um, this is talking about ceremonial, ceremonial cleansing. Um, you know, one of the things, one of the sources I read is that, that when they would do this, they would often, while they were washing their hands with great show and ritual, they would recite the Shema from Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. You know, and they were doing this. It was, it was, it was all religious show. It was to demonstrate how holy they were and how pure they were. Um, and so this Pharisee, this religious leader, noticed that Jesus didn't go through all of this uh, ceremonial m- motions. You know, he didn't, he didn't take his dish or his hands, and he didn't do the, 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 you know, I'm so holy cleansing of the dish and cleansing of the hands. And this surprised the Pharisee, because for them, that was just sort of what they did. You want to demonstrate how holy you are? You wash your hands and you wash your dishes with great ceremony. Um, so the Pharisee was surprised that Jesus, who, who claimed to be a teacher, a teacher sent from God, um, didn't do these things. And for the Pharisees, this was very, very important. Um, so we're going to look at Jesus' response in the next verse. Jesus, Luke tells us, Then the Lord said to them, Now then, you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. Right? So Jesus is showing here, you clean the outside of the cup, but inside you is dirty. Basically what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you're going through all of these religious motions. You're making yourself look pious and holy and pure and clean. And you're doing all of the right things on the outside. But on the inside, inside of you, you're full of greed and wickedness. Jesus goes on to say, you foolish people... Did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Right? So Jesus is saying that you can go through all of the outward motions. You can do everything right, so to speak, on the outside. You can make yourself look holy and clean and pure and go through all of the religious motion. But if, if, if all of that is just to, to cover the inside that's already dirty, then it doesn't do any good. It doesn't do good. And he even goes on to say, he says, really, all of that other stuff, all of the outside stuff, that's not really important. Like, you, you can do that if you want. You can take it or leave it. What's really important is, in this case, how you treat other people. You know, if you want to be clean, then, then don't worry so much about showing everybody how clean you are by your, you know, 
ceremonial cleansing. Show everybody that you're a child of God by the way that you give and serve and show generosity to those who are in need. Jesus says, if you do that, if, if, you're, show, if you're showing generosity to those who are in need, then everything's clean for you already. Then it, you know, the, the ceremonial cleansing uh, isn't, isn't what's most important. And so Jesus is, is showing these Pharisees that they had sort of been missing the points. For them, it had, it had been all about the ritual, it had been all about the ceremony, it had all been all about the show, but there wasn't much substance to it at all. It was all about the show without much substance. They were, they were clean on the outside, but on the inside, they had missed the point. They had forsaken the, the, the spirit of the law for the letter of the law. The spirit of the law, Jesus tells us, was to love God and love your neighbor. All of the law boiled down to two commandments, love God and love your neighbor. The rest was just sort of commentary to help you do that. And the, the Pharisees missed that. They sort of focused on the, on the ritual and the, on the religion and the ceremony, and they missed the bigger point, which was love and take care of people. Jesus goes on to say, Woe to you Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. So I want you to, to imagine this, right? These Pharisees were so religious, that they were, they were so concerned about keeping the letter of the law, that they actually tithed their spices, Right? Imagine, imagine when you go to the grocery store and you buy some cinnamon, you come to church and you, you shave off the, t- you know, the tenth of the cinnamon that you buy and you, you put it in the offering plate as it goes through that because you really want to give God a tenth of everything that you have. They were so religious that they were focused, that they, they tithe on their spices and their herbs. Right? Outwardly, this is how religious they were. They want everybody to see how religious they were. But on the inside, Jesus says, but you, you've neglected the weightier matters of justice and the love of God. In other words, you're so focused on religious ritual, but you're missing the whole point to begin with. You're missing justice and you're missing love. And so Jesus is saying, you you can have all of the religious show that you want to, but if you miss justice, if you miss love, you've missed everything. Now, Now, don't catch this. He says you should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. He's saying there's nothing wrong inherently with religious ceremony, right? It's okay to, to tithe and all that, but, it, but if, if your religious ceremony is, is present, but your justice and your love is absent, then none of it means anything at all. If, if you have justice and love, then everything else on top of that is nice, and it's, it's icing on the cake, but if you're missing the heart of the matter, um, which is justice and love, then you're missing everything. In other words, Jesus, what Jesus is telling the Pharisee is, you Pharisees are all show and no substance, you Pharisees are all show and no substance. Everything they did was for show. It was for other people to look at them. And, and we'll see this in other places where you know, they'll, they'll stand in the synagogues and they'll, they'll make these grand, long, beautiful prayers. Oh, look how religious I am. I pray so nicely. I cleanse everything that I have. I, I tithe of all of my spices. Look how religious I am. All of the while, there are people who are going hungry. There are people who are, who are uh, going sick and aren't cared for. There are people who aren't experiencing the justice they should be. There are people who aren't experiencing the love of God that they should be. All the while, this religious show is going on. Of course... Once Jesus came, that, that, this kind of stuff never happens anymore, right? There's, there's, there's no churches that are like this at all anymore, right? There's no, no Christians who are all show and no substance, right? That, just, that doesn't happen. No, no, nobody, that, that just, uh, doesn't happen anymore. 
I'm sure you can catch my sarcasm. So uh, let, let's, do a little audience, let's do a little audience participation, okay? Uh, why don't, tell me some things that sometimes, nobody in this room, of course, nobody in this room, but other people, right? What, what are some things that other people tend to, what are some religious rituals that other people tend to focus on at the expense of justice and generosity and love? What are some things that Christians make a big deal out of um, that maybe is too big a deal out of, out of a show and, and not so much substance? What's that? Okay. Hey, that's a good one, right? Um, you know, we're so focused on how people dress when they come to church. You gotta wear your Sunday best, right? The way that you, the way that you dress. You know, and there are some churches, right, where people, the people show up dressed to the nines, and then they come, and what do they do? They spend their time judging other people, gossiping about other people, um, not showing justice, not showing love. But man, do they look good on the outside? Dress, dress is a good one. Uh, what else? What are some things that we may have, you know, that sometimes we focus on that, you know, is small in comparison to generosity and love and justice? How people look. Yeah, we, we focus on look and appearance all on the outside. You know, we, we come from a tradition here in the Church of God. We come from a holiness tradition, right? And sometimes holiness traditions, are, holiness traditions can, can be really guilty of this. Uh, because we focus, we, we have a tendency sometimes to focus on, on the external things. Did you guys know that there was a deep schism in the Church of God uh, in the early years over neckties? Did you know that? that there, was actually, there was actually a deep split in the denomination, in the movement, over neckties. That, I mean, people literally left the movement because they, they argued about whether or not men should wear neckties. Right? Right, right. Um, so that, I mean, that's a good example. So, you know, and so things like, you know, what you wear and, you know, you know, playing cards or dancing or drinking or cussing, all of these things that are, that are really relatively minor in the overall scheme of life. We make a, a big deal over, over dress and drink and, and you know, language, and, and we miss things like caring for the poor and the orphan and the widow. What does James tell us? James tells us that, that true religion that is acceptable to God is looking after the widow and the orphan, Right? These are the things that matter to God. And yet sometimes we get so wrapped up over, you know, oh my goodness, he or she wore jeans to church or he or she wore uh, flip-flops to church or oh my goodness, you know, all of these things that in the overall scheme of life, God doesn't give a rip about. God says, I don't care what you wear to church. I want you to take care of people. I want you to go out there and serve the poor. I want you to go out there and love the unlovable. I want you to go out there and be generous to those who are in need. I want you to, to comfort the sick. And he says, I don't, I, don't, you know, I don't care if you play cards. I don't care if you dance. You know, none of these things. Jesus, Jesus never, do you know this? Jesus never laid a dress code. Jesus never laid a dress code. You can, you can read through all of Jesus' teaching. He never says anything about what you should wear to church. Jesus never said a thing about playing cards. Jesus never said a thing about dancing. Jesus never told anybody not to drink. As a matter of fact, he enjoyed some wine, right? And so all of these things, somehow over time, 
Some Christians have become like the Pharisees where we focused on all of the wrong things, on outward expressions of piety and, and purity and, and fake holiness at the expense of love and care and compassion and justice and generosity for those in need. And this is one of the reasons that sometimes the church gets a bad rap, right? We have people on the outside, they, they look at us and we pretend to be oh so holy, and yet sometimes we can be full of gossip and we can be full of hate and we can be full of greed and, and we can be full of judgment, and, and yet we, we claim to be oh so holy because, you know, we dress up to church or we don't drink or we don't dance or we don't play cards and we miss the point, just like the Pharisees miss the point. If we're not careful, religion, this is what religion tends to do. That worldly religion tends to be all show and no substance. The kind of religion that Jesus came, that, he, that he, when he flipped everything on his head, he said, it doesn't matter so much what it looks like on the outside. It doesn't matter so much what it looks like on the outside. What matters is what you do for other people. What matters is love and justice and generosity and kindness and compassion and fighting for those who can't fight for themselves. In other words, what Jesus says, here's the bottom line, what matters most is not looking good, but doing good. What matters most is not looking good, but doing good. Jesus, over and over again, Jesus cares about what's on the inside. Jesus cares about what's on the inside. And he says, if, if, if you get what's on the inside right, then it's going to flow to the outside. And, and what, what true religion looks like on the outside has nothing to do with what we wear, so much, or, or nothing to do with what we eat or drink so much, but it has everything to do with how we treat other people. Jesus says that, that if you get what's on the inside right, if you really understand what it means to be in a relationship with God, then how that flows out is going to flow out in how you care for other people. How you treat those whose society casts aside. How you treat the homeless and the orphan and the, uh, and the widow and the, and the refugee and and all of the people that society casts aside, how you treat them is indicative of your relationship with God. Jesus says it's not about, you know, your church attendance. It's not about your dress code. It's not about how many Bible verses you have memorized. It's, it's not about, you know, how quickly you can get there in the Bible or, or, or any of these other things that within the realm of the church we can sometimes get wrapped up in. What it's all about is how you treat your fellow human being. Do you love God? Do you love your neighbor as yourself? Jesus says, this is what matters most. What matters most is not looking good, but doing good. What matters most is not looking good, but doing good. So as we, as we go through this series, we want to know, we want to ask you what matters most. So if you're, if you're worried about, you know, what are other people going to think about me? You know, do I, do I, am I dressed well enough or all this? That's not the question. Don't, don't worry about that. Ask yourself, what does love require of me? We've talked about this. What does love require of me? As you're going throughout your daily life, as you're walking down the street and you see somebody in need, what does love require of me? What does justice require of me? What does generosity require of me? As you come across that, that coworker in need or that coworker who mistreats you, what does love require of me? What does justice require of me? What does generosity require of me? When you come across that person that you just can't stand, that, that person who always mistreats you, and you, know, and you want to tell them, well, hey, you, you don't even go to church, and you want to tell them, you know, hey, you're going to hell. You know, no, 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 you say, hey, what does love require of me? What does justice require of me? What does generosity require of me? What matters most is not looking good, but doing good. What's on the inside is what Jesus cares about. Religious ritual, religious ceremony, 
fine. If you like it, keep it. But if you have the religious ceremony on the outside and you're still dirty on the inside, it doesn't make, any, doesn't make a lick of difference. What matters most is not looking good, but doing good. Let me pray. Lord, everywhere we look, there are people trying to tell us how we ought to live our lives, what we ought to focus our time and our energy and our resources on. Uh, it can be confusing at times, Lord, to understand you know, where we need to be and what we need to be doing and what's most important. So as we, as we dive into this series, God, help us to simplify. Help us to see life in ourselves through your eyes. Help us to really focus on these teachings, these words of Jesus. Help us to understand that what you care about is so often the very opposite of what everybody else in the world cares about. God, we know that you don't care about uh, the outward appearance nearly as much as you care about what's on the inside. That You care about things like love and justice and generosity. So God, help us to be a people who are characterized by love and justice and generosity. Give us your eyes for the people around us. Help us to see our neighbors, our friends, our family, and even our enemies with the same kind of loving gaze that you have for them. Help us to look upon the eyes of those around us, those in deepest need, with eyes of generosity instead of judgment. Help us to fight for their justice instead of their condemnation. Help us to love them instead of hate them. Let us be people who are adorned not by our outward appearance, but who are adorned by the hidden works of our hearts, by the good works of our hands, that we would be known for the, the stance we take for love and justice and generosity as opposed to anything else, God. Let our religion be the religion that is pleasing and acceptable to you, the religion that fights for widows and orphans and those in need. Help us to be the, the people that, that really understand what it is that really matters most to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.